Vegas takes over. Smith comes out to the neutral zone. Deals right. Marshall fires. He scores! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Smith to Marshall. Four to two Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team. Exclusive player interviews and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Ooh, welcome in to Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wallace Millard Chapman inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Wow, how about that? That's Monday. How about impressive? <laughs> Very impressive. Oh, Tuesday. I'm sorry. It's Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, start off. The it's week. not. It's uh, not Monday at all. Coming off a, coming off a, a huge holiday weekend. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. I'm recharged. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And I'm Italy won today, so I'm really happy. I worry about you when you say something like that. <laughs> but <laughs> no, I, I was. I, I was right with you. Yeah. It's a good weekend. Yeah. What do you do? Kind of hung out by the pool, drank beer, uh, enjoyed some baseball, <laughs> enjoyed the soccer. Good stuff, you know, a, a whole lot of nothing. We are going to chat with Dylan Ferguson, uh, Kelly Cup champion, in just a little bit. Uh, he's got uh, a year left in his VGK contract. So a uh, big year for the Vegas Golden Knights in the goaltending department. We'll chat with the uh, the latest winner, latest uh, success story within the organization. And we'll also catch up with Louis Jean from TVS Sports in Montreal as the ghost came through for the Canadiens and extended the Stanley mm-hmm. Cup final last night. Uh, but I have to say, in, in experiencing the 4th of July in Vegas for really the first time, last year I didn't do much, stayed home with the dogs and, uh, and didn't partake. This year I went to a place where I could overlook the fireworks of the valley. It wasn't just the mm-hmm. f- like one set of fireworks. It was like the entire valley had fireworks, and it was spectacular. And then there's that one jackass at 2 in the morning that sets them off in your neighborhood, and I don't understand that person. But uh, it was it was a spectacular uh, fireworks show in a weekend where we also had to adjust some some tragedy in the National Hockey League uh, that we will uh, pass your way and, uh, and our condolences uh, to the Columbus Blue Jackets family. But uh, uh, interesting uh, weekend, and, uh, and the season goes on. For the Montreal Canadiens. It sure does, and it uh, has nothing to do with ghosts. It has everything to do with Carey Price being very, very good in an elimination game as he's been all playoff long, and it has something to do with Nick Suzuki and Josh Anderson making some really good plays. So, you know, there's no ghosts. The Montreal Canadiens just found a way to win a game. You don't think there was some divine intervention in that penalty kill? Four-minute no, minor I just penalty. Think they killed the penalty very well. They they yeah. were very good on the penalty kill. Um, based on I mean, Nikita, how things Nikita Kucherov went, hit a post. I think ghosts. that there is there is ghosts. Okay, all right. The stick of Jacques Plante somehow Kucherov what, right? what that. specifically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Okay, Doug, Doug Harvey got in the way. Jacques Plante, George Vesna. I'm telling you, Jean Beliveau, uh-huh. they were all they were all yeah. laying out. Now, it, here's the other thing: we're still going to play the game tomorrow. I uh, should also let everybody know that uh, with the hurricane and Elsa bearing down on Florida, passing through, 
they think that it'll be through the area today, the worst of it, and they're mm-hmm. still going to be able to play the game tomorrow. So the ghosts are even getting involved in making sure that this series goes off on schedule. Isn't that amazing? All the things that we've dodged in this season uh, across the National Hockey League, th- the last challenge ends up being a hurricane. <laughs> and and we're... Uh, from the uh, from all uh, communication coming out of the National Hockey League, is so we should be able to play Game Five as scheduled tomorrow night. I thought the Tampa Bay Lightning already eliminated the Hurricanes. <sighs> Good point. That's very very well done. I, I appreciate that humor. Yeah. I hadn't thought of it, and uh, mm-hmm. a big stick tap to you on, on that front. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right on, on that. So, the, the, well, the Hurricanes may have put up a slightly better fight this time around. Uh, than they did the, the first time. Because it, it was kind of easy in, in that series, or easier in, in that set. No, no, no. No, you were correct the first time. It was easy in that series. It was too easy in that series, especially when you consider that that Carolina came into that series as, as the higher seed. Carolina should have been a little bit more formidable for the Tampa Bay Lightning, but they weren't. You know, in 20 years, we're going to look back and go, boy, Tampa was a third seed, and they managed to uh, win the Stanley <laughs> Cup if they can close this thing out. They're like the best three seed uh, of all time. And there's been some good eight seeds that have uh, come through and, mm-hmm. and won the Stanley Cup, i.e. L.A. But this uh, this was a unique year that, that Tampa Bay was a, was a three seed and manages uh, to get through and have a 3 nothing series lead to start the Stanley Cup final <laughs> and holding on to a, a 3-1 uh, advantage right now. Going into game five where they can win at home, and uh, we've got the Tampa Bay mayor to thank for that. But right now, let's slide over and, uh, and switch our direction and bring in Kelly Cup champion Dylan Ferguson uh, to the program on the VGK Insider Show in Fox Sports Las Vegas. Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace, and Chris Chapman uh, running the board for us. Uh, how was it? And uh, give me an idea of, of uh, what the feeling was like during that Kelly Cup championship at the ECHL with Fort Wayne. Hey, guys. How you doing? Very good. Congratulations, bud. Yeah, thank you. Um, pleasure to be on. You know, it's, uh, it's, been, it's, been, a, it's been a fun couple of days here, and um, what an opportunity. Uh, what a place to do it, too. I mean, that building that night was um, something I'm going to remember for a long time. Uh, give us a, give us a feel for it then, because Fort Wayne has a very steep hockey history, but uh, you are experiencing this in in a in a strange season. So paint the picture for us what it was like in that building. Oh, well, I mean, it's uh, anytime you can sell out an arena, um, kind of coming out of a pandemic like this, it's something exciting. And uh, you know, we were we were on our toes from the start, but I mean, the the sound uh, was just deafening throughout the game. Like when we scored that first goal in the second period. Um, I don't know if I've heard a building that loud in, in a long time, maybe ever. So it was uh, it was something that, that sticks with you, for sure. So you actually, because some athletes will try and say that they block everything out. Uh, when you guys score that first goal, are you consciously looking around and taking it in a little bit? No, no. I'm, uh, I think we might have talked about it the last time we talked, but I'm, I'm a guy that doesn't even look at the shot clock during games. Yes, you did so, mention that. I mean, I yeah. So I, you know, I, it's hard not to when all you hear is ringing in your ears, but I'm just trying to focus on what's, what's happening next. You know, it's a lot of hockey to play at that point in the game. So, yeah. VGK prospect Dylan Ferguson uh, with us uh, coming off uh, an ECHL championship, the Kelly Cup with a Fort Wayne Comets chatting with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. 
you know, Dylan, this is obviously such a unique set of, of uh, circumstances being in the, in a pandemic during the season, all that, like, what does it mean to you to kind of cap off this really uncertain time about when you were going to play, how many games you were going to play, uh, capping all that off with a championship? Yeah. You know, to start off, I'm obviously grateful for every opportunity I got this year. Um, I know personally I wanted to, I wanted to have a pretty good year and, you know, to play and be with all three teams in the organization was, you know, it was unbelievable. I got to travel with Vegas there on the road and then, um, played in Henderson and then to come here, uh, with a, with a really tight group of guys and just to pull this thing off. And like you said, a year like this is something that not only myself, but a lot of people are going to remember for the rest of their life. Dylan Ferguson chatting with us on the VGK Insider Show in Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh, your one uh, appearance with the Henderson Silver Knights was the shutout, which was amazing. And then you played the 11 games and uh, won seven of them with the uh, the Fort Wayne Comets and went on your playoff roll. Uh, what made you be successful during such an odd season when you're bouncing between teams and thus you're not working with the same goalie coach all the time and you're you're in uh, different uh, different ranks with different teammates? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I think it, at the end of the day, it really came down for me to just staying in the moment, um, not looking back, not looking too far ahead. At the end of the day, it really only matters what's in front of you, right? So, um, you know, I think that was my approach coming into things, and I knew that I was going to work my hardest no matter where I was. And, um, you know, sometimes things just fall in the right place, and I feel like that's what happened here. Dylan Ferguson chatting with us. Uh, your team goes on this run, and uh, and Bruce Boudreaux's son is the coach of the Fort Wayne Comets. Give us an idea of what he's like for a bench boss. Oh, he's awesome. Um, <clears throat> he, you know, he's he was a part of the group as well. He's a guy that you can talk to really easily, and um, you know, it's been I was with uh, Ben last year as well, and uh, we've always had a good relationship, and um, you know, he. You make you feel comfortable around uh, around a coach like that, so it's it's good. Have you ever met Bruce? I have uh, vaguely. Um, I saw him in the in the coaches room a couple times after, but I haven't really had the opportunity to get a good conversation with him. Oh, so Bru- good things though. Bruce was there. Bruce was there for the uh, for the championship. Yep. Nice. He was here. Yeah, it was awesome. I saw a picture that Ben posted on Facebook, and it must have been pretty cool for them. Exactly, because he won a, an ECHL championship uh, as well. I'm just, I'm just curious whether Ben's as funny as Bruce is. <laughs> he tried to be. We'll go. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure how funny Bruce is, but I'm sure Benny's trying. <laughs> Dylan Ferguson chatting with us. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights, uh, Henderson Silver Knights, and a champion in the ECHL with the Fort Wayne Comets uh, chatting with us on the VGK Insider Show in Fox Sports Las Vegas. So now with the championship, you, you turn the page on this season. You look ahead toward next season. What, it, what's your off-season outlook in terms of what you want to accomplish in your game and what you want to accomplish come next season and where you want to be playing? You know, I think, I think for me, um, I, I want to keep getting better. That's, that's the first thing. You know, it's, uh, I, I want to work on the little things, the details, um, you know, I know I got a big year coming up again and, uh, to win a championship like this gives you the motivation in summer, you know, what? take a week or two off and then it's right back to the grindstone. And I'm already looking forward to that, to be honest. 
Do you feel like you, you had something to prove or had to prove something uh, being uh, where you were and with everybody else in the organization, like Logan playing great and, and, and Mark uh, winning the Vesna Trophy? You know, I, <clears throat> a little bit, to be honest. Yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong with that, right, Dylan? What's that, sorry? There's nothing wrong with that in wanting oh. to do that. Yeah, you know, I think for me personally, I didn't have the year I wanted um, my first year pro, and I went home and took that as motivation. I know I said it earlier in the year, but um, that long off season was really a blessing in disguise for me, and I did my best to make the most of it. So, um, yeah, I just, it was, uh, like I said earlier, because sometimes things fall in the right place, and it felt like it did. So how are you a different goalie now? tonight as we celebrate and acknowledge your championship season than you were a year and a half ago? You know, I think I've just learned a lot. Um, you know, sometimes it takes making mistakes to learn things, right? And, um, you know, winning the championship just even motivates me more. And to get that feeling and to know what it feels like, it's, you know, it's undescribable and it's something you, you want to chase every year for the rest of your life, so... Dylan Ferguson chatting with us uh, off the ECHL championship on the VGK Insider Show. It's where the players hang out. Uh, Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace. You know, in terms of just kind of staying in the moment, I I do want to circle back to your your concept of not looking at the shot clock, not looking at, at those things within a game that I think kind of give you those guideposts of where you are and what's to come. When when exactly did that start to creep into your game? Is it always been a part of what you do, and and how much does it help you to not be uh, focused in on any of that and just paying attention to the game? You know what? It was a new thing this year for me. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think really what it does at the end of the day is, like I said, it just helps you be in the moment. It doesn't matter. Like we know, there's 20 minutes on the clock. There's going to be whistles, so. I mean, if you look up the 2-1 game with however many minutes left, maybe you're going to put some more pressure on yourself to be good for that amount of minutes when really all that matters is stopping the puck whenever it comes to you. So that was my outlook on it. Um, and I'm always, I'm always trying to find things that work for me and um, help me win games and stop pucks, and I felt like that was one of those things this year. Dylan Ferguson chatting with us. Uh, tell me about the team picture. Uh, you kind of slide in there front and center and uh, some of your teammates that, that helped win this championship. Oh, yeah, I mean, before that, talk about teammates helping me. I was right on the bottom of that pile when that <laughs> horn went. I think someone horse-called me and yanked me out, so that, I'm grateful for that, too. But, um, yeah, you know, the, to have those pictures um, and to just enjoy that moment with, uh, with a tight group of guys here, is, uh, it was special, for sure. Uh, Stephen Harper, MVP, who else jumped out at you? You know, there's a lot of guys. Um I'm not, you know, obviously a guy like Brandon Hawkins who has the hat trick in South Carolina. Um, he was huge for us all year with big goals. And, you know, I got to give a shout out to my entire decor. Uh, they were good in front of me all playoffs and just the entire team. I think everyone bought in and, um, you know, sometimes you can feel when you're in a special, special spot. And I think that was something that everyone felt. A two-one game to wrap it up, but it was uh, it was the uh, what third game uh, that you you made uh, all the saves in uh, the big saves. Uh, you didn't look at the shot clock, but do you, did you go back and and do the calculation on how many shots you faced? Yeah, I heard I heard it was over fifty. <laughs> I think uh, I think I think my dad sent me a text today. They had forty-nine on the clock, but they might have missed ten. 
such a goalie dad thing such to say. Such a goalie but, dad. Um, yeah, <laughs> such a goalie dad. But um, you know, and yeah, he was he was a great supporter as well. He's always he always has my back. But yeah, you know, it's in those moments like that, it'd be easy to look up and be like, oh my gosh, I have forty, fifty shots right now. But um, same thing. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You just got a job to do, right? So, uh, party. What was it like? Party? Yeah. Oh, it was uh, it was special. Um, I'm not a guy that really likes to get after it a lot. So, uh, to be honest, the first first night was a little tough, but um, we we had a lot of fun, and I think we all deserved it. Um, and I think you know we're having our our last team dinner here, and everyone's just enjoying each other. Is uh, is Bruce going to be at that thing? I haven't seen Bruce in a couple of days, not since uh, the uh, the championship game there. So. Um, if he's here, maybe I'll introduce myself. Tell me, say hi. Yeah, tell him. Uh, tell him I say hi because we, we we've got after it. Uh, got after it a couple of times. Uh, so that's uh, that's a great stories. You can have Ben. I'll take Bruce, and we can uh, we can go out and uh, play <laughs> around of golf together. Um, uh, one more from Ryan, and then uh, we'll let you go, and we'll get you uh, get you on your way and enjoy this a uh, little bit more. You, you know, Dylan, it's interesting when you when you mention that you can kind of sense when when something special is coming with a team. You can kind of sense when you've got maybe a little bit of of magic or whatever the case may be. When in terms of this team, at what point did you feel like this is a group that could win a championship together? I remember sitting in the room um, at our apartment building with a few of the guys, probably two months ago, almost now. And we were just kind of talking and um, looking around the league. And um, it might have been when I had broken my finger, actually. And, like, I just I, – I don't remember who, but we started talking about how we have a, a group that could really win a championship. And I think that was something that kind of infected the whole team. And just – it was always something that we would kind of talk about here and there and that, you know, we could really do something special. So, um, yeah, really since then we just – we had the belief that we could do it. You guys get rings, watches. What What are you getting as uh, as a memento for this? We got the finger size today. We nice. get rings. Any idea what it's going to look like? No idea yet. We were also talking about that today, but I'm sure they'll do a great job. Um, our Our GM here, Dave Franke, uh, before uh, before game three, I think before game three, came into the dressing room with his seven rings he's had over the years, and it was. Uh, it was hard. That was, uh, made it a lot, a lot easier to be uh, motivated for it. So, okay, you opened the door there. What? How I does did. he come in? How does he come in with seven rings? Are they, are they on seven different fingers, or does he have them in a, like a box? Or what? What's he do with with seven rings as he strolls into the room? He was. His hands were pretty heavy. They were all on his fingers. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, good way to motivate you, and it's one of the coolest logos in sports, too. Uh, VGK, ECHL uh, affiliate, uh, the Fort Wayne Comets. Uh, congratulations, Dylan Ferguson. Great year for the organization in the goaltending department, and you put a nice little cherry on top. Uh, way to go, and we can't wait to see that ring uh, when you show it off at camp. 
Yeah, guys, I really appreciate your time, and uh, thank you for the call. All the best. You too. Uh, be safe. Uh, have a good summer. Uh, say hi to Gabby if you uh, see him. Bruce uh, Boudreau is the father of Ben Boudreau, the coach of the Fort Wayne Comets, who helped guide uh, Dylan Ferguson and company to the ECHL championship, the Kelly Cup. And uh, that is a trophy that has a long history. And the Fort Wayne Comets uh, have been part of a couple of different leagues, but uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana, a great organization, long hockey history. And uh, Comets with a K win the ECHL. That's a cool story. Yeah. Absolutely, 100%. And uh, I, again, I, it's always fun to have, have Dylan on the show because I love the way that he approaches the mental side of the game, the way that he approaches uh, the things, not in terms of, of his physical skill, but keeping his mind on the task at hand. I, I think that that's often overlooked at times when it comes to uh, discussing professional athletes and discussing how they view and approach the game. So it's always interesting to, to get the opportunity to talk to Dylan. What do you think Chapman would be like if he played goal? Like, do you think he would be able to keep his focus on mm. the task at hand, or would he be looking at the shot clock, the penalty time, uh, the out of town scoreboard, uh, <laughs> what's going on in, in I, section you know, one seventeen? That's that's probably most likely what I would be doing, looking at what's going on. And well, section one seventeen would be behind me twice, so I hopefully would not be. <laughs> looking at what's going on in section 117 <laughs> all game but uh, there, there might be times where I'm checking out what's going on in the stands by the way cool little tidbit about the Fort Wayne Comets at least according to Wikipedia they go. they are it just can't be easy when he's got a tidbit I, I, I've got to put according, this in there according to Wikipedia this is, famous this is last what it words. says okay. on, their Wiki, on the Wikipedia page for the Fort Wayne Comets outside of the original six NHL teams and the Hershey Bears of the AHL, nobody in hockey has played continuously in the same city with the same name longer than the Comets. So, so that's a pretty cool little stat. There's only a handful of teams that have played in the same city and the same with the same name for longer. So, how long does that go back? Uh, they were founded. It looks like in 1952. So that like, that's that's Wiki very cool. Wikipedia. <clears throat> I mean, it's 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 yep. mostly accurate. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Okay, here's here's the thing. Um, I I now am going to go to a bunch of NHL teams Wikipedia pages, and yes. I'm just going to put random things that aren't <laughs> true on there, in hopes that one day Chapman's going to look at that team and say, "Hmm, here's an interesting tidbit that's 100% accurate, and I know it's 100% accurate because I read it on the internet. And it's hope. on Wikipedia, and then it's going to be wrong. It, it's just." <laughs> I, I hope you one don't of those have things to do you, these things, buddy. You don't. I hope one of those things you put on there is Chris Chapman scored the game-winning goal for the New Jersey Devils in the 1995, or the Stanley Cup clinching goal in 1995 for the New Jersey Devils. That would be a uh, fantastic thing for people to read on Wikipedia. I'm with you with what you tried to do there. When you come up with a stat, and you're really not quite sure, but you're fairly sure. I blame I, Wikipedia. No, <laughs> I always get. I always point out that it's somebody else's stat. Like uh, John mm -hmm. Shannon yeah. told me this, <laughs> but John Shannon's like an historic figure in the game. If it's yeah. between giving the stat and citing Wikipedia as my source because I'm really not sure, <laughs> I'm probably erring on not giving the stat. I'm going to see if I can find something to confirm that. Like, you can't... 
that Fort Wayne's the longest continuous franchise outside of Hershey and the original six teams in the National Hockey League. Yes. Isn't that important of a fact that you have to rush it <laughs> and deal with Wikipedia? <laughs> like That's one that you can sit on and maybe throw in and catching up with Chapman in a, in a couple of hours. <sighs> I, so I, can I can I answer the question? Yes. Can I answer the question as to what type of goalie Chris Chapman would be if he was a goalie in the Did NHL? Did we not just answer it with that little ex- <laughs> exhibition? <laughs> but, but I ahead, mean, yes. it, it certainly sways me into what I'm about to say, but there's no potential way that Chapman would be focused in on the puck for more than five seconds. No. It's just not possible. No, see, I, I probably be... would because I would be, like when I played baseball, I was actually a really uh-huh. good infielder because I was terrified of getting hit in the face with the ball. I I watched the ball like a hawk. I would absolutely be watching that puck because I'd be afraid of getting hit in certain places with the puck. So I, I would definitely be buddy. paying Come attention on. to what's no, going on. I think on. there's sensory overload there, and he just has a meltdown. <laughs> He ends up in the corner. You're, you're, <laughs> Melt the hole yeah, in the, the ice. Yeah, the circuits would fry. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the circuits would fry, Chapman. Uh, uh, Dylan on. Ferguson, uh, thanks for uh, stopping by. That was cool. I uh, love that uh, that he wins the championship. And no organization had a type of year goaltending, even in the Stanley Cup final here with Carey Price against Andre Vasilevsky. Uh, nobody had a year like the Vegas Golden Knights with the Vezina Trophy winner and then the uh, American Hockey League's top goaltender and now a championship in the ECHL with the affiliate and Dylan Ferguson, part of the Vegas Golden Knights uh, organization, a pipeline of net miners. Yep, you're 100% right. Like the, the goaltending future for the Golden Knights, the present for the Golden Knights looks very very bright. And there's other news uh, that came out of the weekend. Oscar Dansk has signed on in the KHL, so he's left the fold, uh, which opens up uh, opportunity for Yuri Patera, for Logan Thompson, Dylan Ferguson. Uh, so there's there's a space to fight for, and Dylan Ferguson off this championship uh, may position himself for uh, some confidence and just a, a little bit more street cred uh, when you come off a championship. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas 90. Now, but we didn't know guests could hear us. All right, got to go. It didn't turn out well. <laughs> the Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Where is this music from? It's the specials. Name of the song? Ghost Town. Okay. I figured there had to be some kind of ghost theme because I've been going on. Yes, yes. Ghost Town. I wasn't quite sure. Here's uh, Louis Jean, TVS Sports uh, lead host uh, covering the Stanley Cup final and the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, He's based out of Montreal where the Canadiens have uh, extended the season and pushed the Stanley Cup final to five games. Uh, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace, uh, VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. I've been talking about the ghosts of the uh, the Montreal Canadiens for a couple of days, saying that they wouldn't allow a sweep. The ghosts would not permit a sweep. It would make something happen. Did the ghosts make the difference in game four, or was it the Canadian who stepped up and, and uh, were full marks for the victory, Louis? Uh, hey guys, a pleasure to be back on the show. I, I think it started, you know what, I, I think it may have been the captain Shea Weber 
He looked like he was going to kill somebody at one point. He wanted to will his team to win. It was actually pretty impressive to see. I don't know if it's because he heard the stories about, you know, he knows the rich history in Montreal. I don't think he wants to be the one uh, and, and say and, and to be known as, you know, the one team and the captain who whose team lost and, and, you know, to Tampa Bay and they paraded the Stanley Cup only twice. It would have happened in the history of, of the Montreal Canadiens organization where uh, the visitors are hoisting the Stanley Cup in Montreal. It happened in 89 when the Calgary Flames beat Montreal at the Forum and you almost had the sense that Shea Weber was like, no, no, this is not going to happen on my watch. There's no chance. But I think actually the real, I think the real motivation for him has to be I'm not going to let this slip away. I'm 35 years old. This is my chance to win a championship and it might be the last one. And so I think it was just the belief and we were going to go down fighting and so whether it's the ghosts that have finally left the forum and are coming to the Bell Center finally after all these years of, of the difficult times and misery, who knows? But whatever it was, it was a, uh, you know, is at times domination, utter domination by the Tampa Bay Lightning, but it was Montreal just finding a way. Uh, before we get into the game, I thought it was pretty cool that they trotted out Patrick Waugh and Guy Lafleur, uh, Cornway, uh, before the game. That was kind of neat. You know what's, uh, what's neat about that is, is you know, for... You know, I don't know if you guys have seen the the images, the live shots outside the Bell Center. The people that are there, and there's like 20,000 that are packing the streets just outside the Bell Center. These are people that are, you know, 15, 16, 20, you know, early 30s. These are people that have never seen Montreal win a championship. They weren't born or they were too young to remember 1993. And so they've heard stories of Cournoyer and Guy Lafleur, and they, and they know who Patrick Roy is. But they never really saw them in their prime. They didn't see what those guys meant to the franchise and to the organization and what they did when it really counted in the playoffs. That's what's kind of neat right now. So you're right, Montreal is sort of bringing you know, some of the, uh, the alumni back and some huge names. But what's really neat is how the fan base is now identifying this team in the postseason, understanding what it is to make it to the Stanley Cup final. And so regardless of what... What happens whether Tampa Bay wins and Montreal, you know, they, they lose tomorrow night or they force a game six or a game seven. And, you know, regardless of, of the result, this is going to be very, very good for a fan base of, you know, of, of fans that didn't really know. All they had heard of is, is all these stories and read books, but they'd never seen this team make it this far and even have a chance or a sniff at winning a championship. Our buddy Louis Jean, head host of the TV uh, Sports Network in uh, Montreal, is uh, covering the Stanley Cup final and these uh, 2021 Stanley Cup playoffs on the VGK Radio Network with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Nothing has been easy this postseason for the Montreal Canadiens. They have, you know, come back from three games, de- three games to one deficit uh, against the Toronto Maple Leafs. They had to go through the Vegas Golden Knights to get to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, of course, facing a buzzsaw in Tampa. But how can the Canadians win this series? How do they climb all the way back and force, you know, a game six and then eventually a game seven? Well, I, I think it starts with. It starts with just, you know, playing to their identity. What is that? It's, it's you know, pay, playing tight defensive hockey, not giving the stars a chance, not even allowing them to come in the middle of the ice or get anywhere near Carey Price, which they've done, which they did, uh, you know, at times. Like, it's shutting down the Kucherovs and the Braden Points and the Steven Stamkoses and those kind of players, which is very, very difficult to do. They did it against Toronto. 
They did it against Winnipeg, and they did it as well against the Golden Knights, but they couldn't do it the first three games against the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's what it, you know, that's one of the things. And the other thing, you don't necessarily control this, but Montreal is a completely different team when they score the first goal. It gives them juice, it gives them confidence, and when they don't, they're chasing, they're opening up the game, and that does not suit to the style of play that they have. So for me, tomorrow, the biggest thing is that don't, don't watch those stars play, which they did in the first period for the most part uh, last night in, in game four at the Bell Center. It's attack. It's play your game. It's don't feel intimidated and also take the body. Do what Shea Weber did to Braden Point. Uh, you know, you really have to be physical. You have to be a little nasty. That's the only way Montreal can play. That's the only way they've got a shot in game five. And I'm in my hotel room right now because, as you guys know, there's a, there's, there's a hurricane coming here in Tampa Bay. So we arrived early in Tampa, and I'm overlooking uh, Amelie Arena right now where, you know, they're hoping that there's going to be a big party tomorrow night. But for Montreal, I think those are going to be the keys to try and really contain and try and even maybe uh, see people doubt in the Stanley Cup champions. So what's it like there as you look out your window? Give me a weather report. There's nothing. There's absolutely nothing. I mean, everybody is pretty much indoors. Uh, there's, uh, they, they've uh, warned everyone for the next 36 hours, and apparently around 10 o'clock tonight is when it should start raining and the wind gusts are going to, to pick up. And uh, But, I mean, you know, there's all sorts of rumors. Is, is Game 5 going to go ahead as planned? They don't expect it to be. They think it's going to be pretty nasty tonight and early tomorrow morning, but they expect it around game time. Everything should be a go for the game. So uh, that's, at least right now, uh, what the expectations are from the NHL, who are obviously in contact with those who know, those uh, who uh, are aware of, of how this, this storm is going to be hitting the coast here uh, in Florida. Hey, can, can you come on with us like in eight hours when the hurricane hits and be one of those <laughs> CNN reporters? Yeah, exactly. I'm heavy enough that I don't think it would take a, a huge a wind gust. To, to carry me, <laughs> you know, I, I don't, I don't need any help. Would it, uh, would it move it, your it, hair? Blown away because you have some good hair. Oh, I've got the Carrie Fraser hair going right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've. Uh, it's, it's a lot of work. That you know, I know that when I was working with you, Darren, you'd go in makeup chair. Uh, you were in there, I think, two hours before you'd go on air, and you'd sit in there for like ninety minutes. For me, that's the hair. That's my routine for the hair. See, I was in there for ninety minutes because I'm a I'm a box of chocolates, like a half chew caramel. You you go in there for five minutes, they do up your hair, and then you're out there because uh, Louis uh, Louis a fine looking gentleman, and he's uh, covering the Stanley Cup final for us uh, on TV uh, Sports. Uh, oh, this 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 is going off the rails pretty quick, isn't it? <laughs> uh, so what, you, you don't are they going to have their morning skates and everything as 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 usual tomorrow, or will it be? Yeah. Supposed to, yeah. They're, they're, they're ex- the expectations. Are, I mean, listen, the Montreal Canadiens are at the uh, JW Marriott, which is just it's like 500 yards away from Amelie Arena. So the expectations are that they're going to be going uh, through the regular routine morning skates. Uh, but again, it, it all depends on how bad it is. And I think one of the concerns here is that if it rains and it rains a lot and it rains uh, all night, is flooding. Flooding may be an issue here, may be a concern. So we'll see. We'll see how everything plays out. But uh, as I said, I mean, I spoke to uh, a top official from the National Hockey League today, and, and, you know, he said to me, what is all this talk about a potential, you know, a game potentially being postponed or pushed back? He said, like, that's not even a consideration right now. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go back in history a little bit. Louis, were you at the 2015 Stanley Cup final, Tampa Bay and Chicago? I was. Yep. 
Do you remember that night? Because it was... I do, and I remember that's the last time. I think the NHL learned a valuable lesson that night, and I don't think this is where you want to go. There was a lot of wind. There was a lot of rain uh, at the UC, at the United Center in Chicago, and and they actually, when when Chicago won the Cup, and that was the last time the home team won the Stanley Cup in 2015. It's been a, it's been on the road ever since against the Tampa Bay Lightning in 2015. They had to sort of delay the festivities because the Stanley Cup wasn't in the building ever since they've learned their lesson and they've made sure since 2016 that the Stanley Cup was in the building and ready uh, in case you know somebody's winning it. So yes, I do remember that fondly. This, now we've got a hurricane, and there's no way. I mean, uh, Louis made it very clear. There's no way that's going to happen again. The Stanley Cup will be there. But then, and we're talking, Ryan, six years ago, where there was this superstition where uh, going into yep. the game, the Stanley Cup couldn't be in the building, even though it was a clinching game. And it had to arrive at some point during the contest if the potential team was, was up or it was, it was close enough. But then they had this crazy historic storm in Chicago and flooding everywhere. The roof of the United Center started leaking at one point. And, and yeah. the, the keeper of the cup is, is phoning Gary Bettman and saying, uh, I'm in traffic. And so Chicago wins, and they have to delay, and the crowd is chanting, we want the Cup. It must have been 15, 20 minutes before the Cup finally yep. arrived after Chicago won. And now here we are. Uh, well, one, the hotel's right across the street, so that's good. So they would, Phil Pritchard wouldn't have to uh, uh, worry about traffic there. But a hurricane, and maybe, I mean, maybe that thing was a, was a foreshadower uh, and a good experience. You're right. It's funny because I was on the charter from Montreal to Tampa Bay this morning, and Phil Pritchard, the keeper of the cup, was on the flight with us. So we saw the two cases, the Conn Smythe Trophy, the Stanley Cup. It was there. Clearly that uh, the trophies are here in Tampa Bay. And it's funny because I remember covering the following Stanley Cup. It was Nashville against Pittsburgh the following year. And I remember being at the rink in Nashville when the Stanley Cup was wheeled in. It's middle of the afternoon. And they brought the Stanley Cup and the Consmite, and they hid it in the referees' uh, room. So that's where they get dressed before the games. And and I remember talking to uh, a league official, and he said, "Listen, we have to hide it because you know the people here uh, they would be like Pittsburgh or Nashville. They would flip out if they knew that the Stanley Cup is in the building before uh, before there's a team that actually is is in a position to to win it. So you're right about the superstition, and that's always." Funny you mentioned that because I was thinking about that exact thing yesterday, how in 2015 they really cut it close. And another little anecdote about 2015 that I'll never forget is that that was the first year that Jose Theodore, former uh, Montreal Canadiens and Colorado Avalanche, played with the Washington Capitals and the Minnesota Wild and, and I think the Florida Panthers, and I may be forgetting a team or two here. But anyways, he had a really, really good career. It was his first year working on the set with us at TVS Ball. Right. And... And listen, he, because of that, he cut it a little tight. So he didn't really know, you know, he was still in the, you know, in the, in, in the player mood and not in the broadcaster mood. So we're literally five minutes before we go to air with our preview, uh, our pregame show. It's game six of the Stanley Cup final. Correct me if I'm wrong. It, it, they won it in six, right? Yeah. In 2015, the Blackhawks? They did. I think, in, in Chicago. So we're five minutes before we go to air. And I'm hosting, and the only guy on the desk with me is Jose Theodore, and he is not here. He's not there. I have no. I'm. I'm. I'm like sweating bullets here, thinking I'm going on the air here, and I'm going to be alone because my 
my guy here, my my analyst, he you know he didn't time things right. There's a storm. There's there's traffic and everything. So he arrives literally 90 seconds before we go to air. He was running and he is sweating. And he says, Louis, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I made it this, this tight, but don't worry. I play better when I play guilty. <laughs> so anyways, we go on the air, and uh, sure enough, the Chicago Blackhawks won the championship that night. But I'm going to remember, remember that for, you know, the Blackhawks and just the amazing run that they had got on. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning for them, it was amazing that they were even there. There's so many great storylines. The Stanley Cup, as you mentioned, that didn't make it in time. And Jose Theodore, who played, played guilty that night, when the Stanley Cup was won by the by the Chicago Blackhawks, so I'll never remember that. I'll never forget that. It's all coming back because Scott Oak and yourself uh, were we were kind of all sharing a little space there. That's right. Then Jose Theodore was uh, right. was with you. John Chan and I couldn't help you uh, at all. We may we could have sat beside <laughs> you, but we can't speak any French. Uh, Louis Jean with us, uh, uh, lead host for TBS Sports. Uh, one more for you, Ryan. Yeah, in in terms of just this playoff run, and Carey Price again was exceptional in a in a game facing elimination four and zero so far this year in the playoffs. What is this run doing, or what has it done for Carey Price's legacy? Well, when you look at his numbers and his statistics in his career in the playoffs, they are impressive. They are more than impressive. They are almost amazing. That uh, you know he's really had some done some really amazing stuff with the Montreal Canadiens, which doesn't mean that he's necessarily won uh, a lot in the playoffs in the past. And that's part and parcel when you, when you sort of break it down. He didn't have a lot of help, a lot of support offensively. This year, this team, there was just a little magic that occurred. Uh, you know, shades of 1993 when they won, uh, you know, with Patrick Wan, Vinny Dampus, and, and Carbono and Kirk Muller, and go down the list. I mean, they really, there, was, there was something special that happened that year. That's what happened this year. He is and has been for years the backbone of this franchise. He's been the franchise player, but he's also been very criticized, and rightfully so to a certain degree. His numbers in the regular season aren't always that great. He sort of falls into these, these lulls during the regular season where, you know, he can be so dominant, and then for a month, you're like, what is going on? He's giving up these bad goals, etc. So I think, you know, the narrative in Montreal is why are we paying – this guy, $10.5 million, when he can't make a difference in the playoffs or, you know, we don't make the playoffs because he has one bad month every year. And so we don't, you know, we, we, we end up being in a bad position or we're not in, et cetera, et cetera. I think, I think this has reminded everyone, has reminded the fan base, Carey Price is still, if he's not the best goalie in the world, and you guys have got some pretty good ones in Las Vegas, uh, but if he's not the best, He's he's definitely in the conversation, and uh, and so I think it reminded everyone the impact he has. All roads go through Carey Price when it comes to the success this team is going to have. Now I think the question mark is they better take advantage because he's 33. The captain is 35. What happens if they don't win this year? Uh, you know, can they continue? Can they realistically uh, make a run next year when you're going to be playing in a division against? You know, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Florida Panthers, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Boston Bruins. I mean, I just listed off four teams that are going to be very, very competitive once again. And you're going to try and make the playoffs. So I think that there's, there's two things when you think of Carey Price is, wow, he's still got it. Wow, he can still, you know, he can still be an absolute beast, a dominant player. So where do we go 
after this is done, after this year is done. And I think that's the big question Mark fans are having right now. Is it raining yet? You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm staring down to the intersection, and like there's a stop sign and street signs, and man, oh man, they and, and there's some some trees and shrubs and everything. It's starting to blow pretty good. It's not raining, but the wind is really picking up right now. That's awesome. Our hurricane reporter, Louis Jean, also doing some uh, outstanding uh, work with the uh, the hockey. I can side. barely hear you guys, but I can tell you that it's really windy. And <laughs> you're you're a true beauty. Uh, I, I don't know why we don't have you on more often. We got to do we got to do this uh, regularly. Uh, have fun tomorrow night. Uh, it's always great. Uh, obviously, when there's an opportunity to present the Stanley Cup, even if you're not on the Absolutely. on the winning side, but uh, I know that you'll uh, you'll appreciate it, and uh, we'll follow it. Uh, with the great interest, see if Montreal can can extend this thing a little bit and the ghosts uh, really do their thing. It's going to be outstanding, as you know, as a reporter, as a, a host, an analyst, as a fan. You, you live for these moments. So thanks for having me on, guys. Darren, you know I love you. You mean a lot to me in my career. So hope to hope to chat with you soon, my friend. Stay safe, pal. All the best, guys. Louis Jean from uh, TVS Sports. Uh, worked with him a long time at... Uh, Sportsnet, he, he, he's fascinated me because he can flip back and forth between languages, and uh, I, don't, I don't know how you do it. Like, I really don't know how you do it. That's one of the things that are, are, are cool about him, and, uh, and he's just a, just a fun dude. Uh, I, I, like it, part of me is happy that they lost. Tampa Bay lost in Game 4. Mm-hmm. I'll explain to you mm-hmm. why. But part of me also thinks that there may be, like, the ghosts don't need any help. The ghost did their part, and they may have got a little bit of the uh, heebie-jeebie help uh, on the side of jinxing things. I'll explain that when we continue, Ryan. I know you can't wait because the paranormal is just chomping at the bit to take a bite out of this uh, series. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. I'm going to save my paranormal uh, approach and angle for the next uh, hour, hour number two. But I just talked to you guys off the air. And I'm never really sure when we're on the air or off the air anymore. So I'm just going to go on the assumption that that maybe some people heard it. You ever have chicken wings? And we did this this past weekend. And you're so hungry that even after you've eaten the chicken wings, you, you pass by the plate like 15 minutes later or something, and you go, there's more meat on that bone. And you start like chewing on the bone a little bit more. I did that this weekend. I'm not proud that I did it, but I did that. Yeah, you Chapman, are. you did that. Yeah, you You've are. done that for I, sure. I, yeah, I absolutely have done it. You, you, you see a little tiny bit, you're like, yeah, you so know I can what? get that. I think I could get that little. And it tastes better than the six or seven wings that you had before. And and everybody knows that one guy who will just he'll stick the whole wing in his mouth and pull everything off at once. Yeah. Like I can't do that, but I, that I know guy, I know Chapman. some. No, no, I know someone who who is though. Who? A friend of mine. Come on, name. I'm not naming names. <laughs> Why? I, I'll just say he's he's a uh, he's a friend. Cofield? No, actually, I don't know. Maybe Cofield could. You gotta ask him. You're on with him. You gotta ask him. I'll I'll, I'll find out. The, if the, you ever want to get the weight of Cofield's the heart, food to eat when you're hungry. No, no, definitely not. No, because you you gotta that and that's why you end up going back again. Yeah. So if you get on the food discussion with Cofield, ask him about the grease trucks. At Rutgers, mm. legendary. I'll go along that because that that'll stick in the back of my mind. Grease truck 
at Rutgers. Yes. But when we continue, <laughs> the paranormal impact on the Stanley Cup final as Montreal stays alive. It's a real thing. Plus, news and notes with one-timers around the National Hockey League. We've got some signings and the Seattle Kraken making some noise. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.